I asked my guest Mike Wolert to pound the table for someone this season. Mike, who you pounded the table for? Well, if if you've know if you know anything about me and have read anything, you'll see Cody Barton is the guy I am pounding the table for. Seattle linebacker. Seattle didn't do anything to to address the linebacker position uh, this offseason after Bobby Wagner got cut, and it looks like it's Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. So appears to have a three down roll, and as we like to say, volume equals opportunity. I love it. I love it. Uh, anyone playing IDP out there, go, you heard it from Mike Wohler. Go get you some Cody Barton. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the Most Accurate Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Niles, and I'm riding solo for a bonus all-IDP episode with my favorite IDP analyst, Mike Wollert, senior writer, IDP ranker over at 444.com. Thanks so much for joining me, Mike. How you doing this evening? Brandon, how you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing good. Mike, legit one of my favorite Twitter follows, one of the few I'd consider a must-follow uh, for IDP updates and just general enjoyment on Twitter. Uh, you can find him at Mike underscore Wollert's. Mike, we're going to talk. You're, you're making today. my head. You're, you're, you're already growing my head a little bit bigger than it really already needs to be. So, but I appreciate it's that. It's true. It's true, buddy. It's true. Uh, also, you know, my friendly guy answers my uh, litany of DMs that I send him throughout the season of which linebackers I should start for the week. Uh, we're going to talk IDP today. I want to start you out with a softball question. Uh, some of the listeners may or may not be familiar with IDP. May not uh, may not know how to incorporate IDP into their favorite leagues. How would you recommend listeners go out and add that IDP component to their favorite fantasy leagues? Well, I def- I think it's now is a really great time to get into it. You know, five ten you know five ten years ago, it, it was a little bit tougher. It was still a little bit niche, and there wasn't a whole lot of content available. But now there is just so much available. Um, not just me, which you know. I, you know, which is, which is great, but You're anyway, still the best, though. <laughs> but, uh, but there's so much, there's so much information available. So it's, and you know what, with IDP, it's not as difficult as it sounds. It's like, oh my God, I got to know all these guys. I got to know all these different cornerbacks. I got to know all these different schemes. I got to know what a zone defense is. I got to know what a two shells, too high safety shell is it like, no, you you don't really. It does. You you don't need it. It's it's not that difficult. And and really, once you incorporate IDP for that kind of that first year. Just look at your scoring and who scores the highest and kind of go from there. And then that's that's kind of your base. You know, maybe add a defensive end or a defensive line, a linebacker and a defensive back, a couple of flex spots. Um, I think it's enough of a, of a dip in the toes in the IDP waters to get started. There's plenty of examples of, uh, of scoring systems that you can kind of look and see what you feel comfortable with and tinker and um, and just kind of see what happens. And the best part is, is kind of give you skin in the game on both ends of the, on both ends of the game, on both ends of the game and both sides of the ball, got your offense and your defense. And, you know, you get to root for Jonathan Taylor and you get to root for Darius Leonard. So how cool is that? So now it's still a really good time to get into it. And there's just so many people, it's a great community, a lot of people available and, uh, and willing to help. I love it. You're right. There are a tremendous amount of people that uh, are excited about IDP, not just uh, not just there to give you information, but like eager to talk about it because Mm -hmm. it's been this niche thing for so long. And now 
uh, it is getting more prominent. And you're right. There's nothing more exciting than watching your young linebacker wear the dot on Sunday and giving you something else to watch on the other side of the ball. I love it. Uh, if you uh, want to play some uh, regular best ball uh, fantasy football right now, you can still get in on some underdog action. We have a promo. If you deposit $10 in a new underdog account, get a deposit bonus match, plus a 4 for 4 Pro or DFS subscription. Head over to 444.com slash underdog for details. Uh, also, another place to check out, 444.com. Uh, we've got the IDP Fantasy Football Primer for 2022. Uh, Mike put that out there. It's everything IDP. It's a great article. It's a great resource to help you understand exactly how to incorporate IDP into your league, what the scoring means, what the positions are. Uh, Mike, I, thank you for doing that. That's just It's like a great little how-to for people. Yeah, you know, the great thing is, it's, is I think it's a good resource for people who are, who are just getting into it and for, for advanced. Because you know what? Sometimes we all need to get back to basics. I still need to refer to scoring systems whenever I get back into my platforms and I need to figure things out. Who, again, what are the scoring? How's the scoring? How's it tailored? Who's tail? You know, what are the, 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 the players that are going to be best for this system? So... Just sometimes getting back to basics is uh, is an important thing. So, you know, know the scoring, know your roster uh, requirements, and then kind of go from there from your from your roster construction. So, um, you know, you'll see things or, you know, you see tackle heavier, you'll see balance, you know, tackle heavier, big play uh, formats, you know, you're tackle heavy, you're going to get a few more points for, for tackles, solo tackles, big plays are your sacks, your interceptions, your forced fumbles. Um, some sites are now incorporating quarterback hits, so you also have to make sure that, you know, you're, you're targeting guys that are getting the quarterback hits and some of them are even doing tackles for losses, not saying that's good or bad, but you know, it, again, those, uh, those stats are now being, some of those advanced stats are now being incorporated into some platforms. So um, if you want high scoring, incorporate all that and just jack up all the points that you want. I remember a few years ago, I got a, a question, Hey, uh, you know, this guy scored 95 points. I'm like, okay, you got to tell me how, what do you mean 95? <laughs> it's like, yeah, my scores are like 645 to like 580. I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, they, they like the high scoring in, in some of these systems. So yeah, just uh, take a look at the primer. Gives you kind of a good general idea, kind of your Cliff's Notes version, um, how to get, uh, how to get IDP set up. We're in such a golden age for stat collection in general. Like the QB mm -hmm. hit idea is fantastic. It mm -hmm. really kind of rewards those excellent pass rushers who may not get all the sacks. We're just but a are little, still little, little, almost there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. I love that. I haven't been in one of those leagues yet. I'm excited about it. Uh, my favorite leagues, it's always interesting when you've got like a defensive tackle tackle is worth more than a linebacker tackle or a cornerback tackle is mm -hmm. worth more than a safety tackle or anything along those lines. So those yeah, because if you said, yeah, because if, if, you know, if you're in a league for a few years, you know, like, oh my God, our linebackers are just outscoring everybody. Adjust it. You know, a defensive tackle isn't really known for getting a lot of sacks. So maybe jack up the sacks and, you know, maybe get uh, put up the tackles a little bit more. For cornerbacks, maybe increase their pass, you know, their defended passes because that's what they're known for. Uh, maybe increase the interceptions a little bit. But, uh, or yeah, like you said, even the tackles. So, you know, take a run with the scoring, make it a little bit equal if, if your linebackers are just totally dominating the, the scoring. Uh, let's let's talk about some linebackers right now because linebackers do dominate the scoring, as you mentioned. I, I want to talk about some, like, uh, rumors and news out there. We've got uh, yep. Darius, uh, formerly known as Darius, now Shaquille Leonard uh, <laughs> out there. I, I'm wondering, he uh, seems to be nicked up. 
but it, it's miss. unclear what's going on or if he's going to miss time. Uh, what's your take on Shaquille Leonard uh, kind of as a prospect going into this season? And then if he misses time, who's the most to benefit? Who should we be targeting? So with Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, um, which is, is funny if, if his name has changed in any of your platforms, take advantage of it because maybe yeah. someone's going to be like, who the heck is this Shaquille Leonard? Draft him. He's like, okay, I got my LB1. But I think he's dealing with a bad back, and I don't like back injuries, and I don't like neck injuries because you've never heard people say, I've recovered from a back or my back has gotten better. Sometimes it just can progressively can get a little bit worse. As, uh, as time goes on and as football goes on, nobody gets healthier throughout the season. You're, you know, right now is when you're at your healthiest. So um, the back injury is a little bit concerning. I've dropped them actually in my rankings a little bit because they have said they, they don't really have a timetable. They said, yes, he's pro- he could play this season. We just don't know when. I don't know if that's coach speak, but when, they, when coaches say things like that, especially of a player of that caliber where you say we, he could miss some time at, that that sets up a little bit uh that sets some red flags so i've actually dropped him down i think outside of my top 10 i think i have him as my lb 16 so more of a lb2 um if he does miss some time but in terms of of potentially who could replace him um in watching the preseason game and i know it's preseason week one and you know we're trying not to overreact but um, it was Zaire Alexander and not EJ Speed that actually filled in for for Darius Leonard and actually wore the dot and called the plays. So if Darius Leonard is going to miss some time, Zaire Alexander is probably going to be your your late round target um, or even a waiver wire pickup uh, to maybe play for a few weeks until Leonard gets back. Linebackers are so and uh, Ricky wants to say pass deflection helps the cornerbacks, which I, yep. I agree. It's great adding that as a statistic is excellent. Um, and also mentioned Zaire Franklin. I I wanted to ask about, you know, one thing that's interesting about baseball is we talk about replacement players, right. Mm -hmm. And where it's, it's one of the rare instances where replace where like wins above replacement is a very, very sticky stat because Mm -hmm. if you replace your third baseman in the lineup, they're really getting the same hits. There's no like more opportunity. Nothing shifts to the, to the bigger stars, right. Is linebacker kind of like that too, or should we also be looking at some of the more established outside backers in that, uh, in that defense, like Bobby Okarecki? Well, Bobby Okarecki is already going to be drafted. So you're not even going to have a chance to draft him, but yes, you can, you would draft him if he's available. I mean, that's your first, that's your first target right there. But with with Okareki, you're you're probably drafting him at value or at his at his limit or at his ceiling. Um, sure. So the value is going to be with someone like Alexander, whose volume and whose opportunity is going to increase. With Okareki, like I said, he's already been established. He's going to get those snaps, so he's going to get that volume already. So um, that that's kind of what I'm looking for. That's kind of why, why I like Cody Martin a little bit more than Jordan Brooks, because Jordan Brooks is already being drafted among one of probably the top one, two or three linebackers. And he's built, you know, he's being drafted right there at his ADP. So that's why I like Barton increased volume, increased opportunity, and you're getting him at a, at an insane value. I think he's being drafted as like the 40th linebacker off the board. So you're getting a, a basically a full down linebacker almost essentially for free in those later rounds. Excellent. Double down on value. I'm all about that. Uh, let's shift to Roquan Smith, another uh, big-name linebacker who's been making the headlines right now. Uh, there's some rumors that he's asking for a trade. Uh, yeah. I don't know if the Bears will actually trade him, but uh, if they do, uh, who benefits in Chicago? Who should we kind of be slowly adding to, to the back ends of our rosters just in case that happens? 
Well, right now I've, I've moved up Nicholas Morrow. I have him up as my, I believe my LB 24. So he was actually moving up regardless. Uh, Cause he is already, he was already pinpointed as the guy that was going to call the plays. It's been Roquan Smith for the last several years. Um, but Roque, uh, but Nicholas Morrow was tabbed to, to wear the dot, even when Roquan Smith was going to be available. So for me, it's Nicholas Morrow. Um, for one of those late round targets, you might want to look at Matt Adams. I think he got the majority of those first team snaps in the preseason. But um, I know we're going to be talking about rookies, but Jack Sanborn jumped off the radar, had a huge game, was disruptive, cost some big plays. So don't be surprised to see him get quite a bit of uh, snap volume heading into the preseason because I think they're going to want to look at him because right now just behind Roquan and and um, and Morrow there's really just a bunch of guys so Sanborn might get a might get an opportunity so I think Matt Adams and Jack Sanborn are probably two guys you're going to want to kind of have in your back pocket for those later ons in your draft. Excellent. So uh, this is what I love talking to you, Mike, except I always have to stop myself from pausing because I have <laughs> I have like five dynasty IDP leagues and I always want to write these names down and go pick them up immediately after I talk to you. Um, <laughs> if uh, if Roquan gets traded, where's the, yeah. where's a good spot for him? Where would you like to see him land? Uh, for me, I don't mind a, the, a, a spot in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. I mean, they've got oh, a yeah. few guys. I got Drew Tranquil, um, but Kenneth Murray has kind of fallen off. Um, he's kind of lost some of that luster. So there's not really a, a whole lot of spots there that, that he's really going to impact, uh, you know, the current situation of linebackers. I don't mind Dallas. Um, you know, they got Leighton Vander Esch, who's been a little bit of a, who's, who's been dealing with injuries. Um, and, and Buffalo is another one. Tremaine Edmonds is okay. Um, he hasn't really done a whole lot and has just kind of been a guy, um, IDP wise, he's been he's been fine, and even Matt Milano, who's gotten a good volume of snaps, but is also from an IDP standpoint, he's been an okay player. So, uh, so those are some spots in terms of some spots where I don't want to see him. Um, he'd probably muddle up some of the situations in Philadelphia. Um, I think he'd kind of muddle some of the situations up in Indianapolis. And for selfish reasons, I do not want to see him in Seattle. Um, <laughs> just because I love Cody Barton, I don't. You got want all him the Cody Seattle. <laughs> I got all the Cody Barton. So if he lands in Seattle. Um, that would definitely be a problem for all of my Cody Barton shares. Yeah, I got a lot of Kazir White. So if he lands up in Philly, I'm going to be yeah. really sad. That's going to yeah. Be- <laughs> TJ Edwards, Kazir White. Yeah, it's it's yep. and even to Kobe Dean, who's 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 uh, you know the the up and comer. So that would be a little bit of tough because they trade Roquan. You know exactly they're going to want to extend him. So yep. there's a three or four year contract that could be coming up, and they're going to probably pay him a lot of money. So there goes that whole there goes the kibosh on on everything there. Ugh. Yeah, you talk about Nicobe Dean. Let's uh, let's. That's a great transition opportunity. Let's talk about those rookie linebackers who might be on our radar right now. Uh, you Jen Eakins' favorite Sanborn. linebacker, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Jen Eakins. Uh, Jen Eakins. Uh, not only that, we got another one, uh, which I'll probably let's start with the other Georgia linebacker right now. Let's talk Quay Walker, uh, the the Green Bay Packers. I believe he was the first linebacker off the board in the draft this year. What? What do we think about him in Green Bay, and what kind of opportunity does he have as a fantasy uh, asset in IDP leagues? I think with with Walker, I think he he's a, in a very interesting situation with Green Bay. Uh, Devondre Campbell did not play in, in Week One, but what was really interesting is that he actually did call the plays. So it's notable to me that a rookie has been entrusted to call the defensive plays. So that was very interesting to see him calling the plays because they do have a veteran there in Chris Barnes, but it was the rookie Quay Walker who got the uh, who got the dot. 
Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell are very similar linebackers, almost a very similar archetype. They both do things very well. They're very good in coverage. They're both very instinctive. So I think for me, I, I could definitely see the, the Packers running a, uh, running more two linebacker sets with both Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. They can drop Devondre Campbell in coverage if they wanted to, and they can send Quay Walker on a blitz. Both of them are very solid against the run. So you've got two guys that, um, that are playing behind guys like Kenny Clark, and uh, and Devonta White, who are going to clog up the uh, the offensive line and clog make holes, that's going to allow Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker to make some plays. So I, I definitely am very um, very optimistic about Quay Walker's situation. Excellent. I, I like that Packers team defense too. I know we're talking yeah. IDP right now, but those additions that they made, I think they're going to get pressure on the quarterback and create turnovers. Oh, sure. That usually creates good things. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about that other uh, early drafted linebacker, Devin Lloyd. Uh, what do you think about him? He's kind of a thumper, right? Yeah, again, another one of those guys that can kind of do everything. He is uh, a prototypical three-down back. Um, Jacksonville spent a first-round pick, so he already has the draft capital. So I can kind of already foresee him as a as a three-down guy playing opposite uh, their free, big free agent acquisition, Fasade Um I like Devin Lloyd, but it really, really put the kibosh on Ch- Chad Muma for me because I had Chad Muma as my number one linebacker for rookie drafts, and then he also goes to Jacksonville. So oh. um, it'll be interesting to see how Jacksonville deploys their defense. It's like, are they going to go more three linebackers, or are they just going to go two linebacker sets? So that kind of did put the kibosh a little bit on Muma's uh, redraft value, at least for this year. Made some, made a pretty nice, uh, made a few nice tackles in that preseason over against Cleveland. Had a really nice play where he just kind of weaved through and and made a nice open field tackle. So, but yeah, I think Devin Lloyd is also probably going to be one of your one of your three down linebackers in Jacksonville. Excellent. Yeah, beat writers love Muma. It's interesting. Jacksonville two years ago, we were talking about Joe Schobert and Miles Jack and how great yep. they were. That was just that was just two years ago. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's how quickly the football, how the quickly the NFL moves, right? it's just crazy let's talk about a few more of the rookies uh i'm gonna let you tell me because those are really the guys i know about those highly drafted ones but uh we know from years past that those day two and day three linebackers can earn snaps as rookies and put up big tackle numbers yep i mean you've got nicobe dean who who fell who fell in the draft who was a who was a top 10 pick but he made a a, a pretty big splash in the preseason uh channing tindall got a pretty high grade from pro football focus for his time uh this week uh, pretty solid in coverage, which I think what Miami really needs. Um, need and it, that's yeah. the, and that's, that's one things that that's one thing that linebackers tend to struggle with when they make that transition. The NFL is coverage. So when you have someone who's actually able to make plays and not look lost in coverage, I think that's going to be able to up their playing time. Um, I mentioned Jack Sanborn on uh, Chicago for dynasty Darian Beavers. Um, he got the, the dot for, for Blake Martinez. And I think he's the one that's kind of being groomed to take over that middle linebacker spot in, with, uh, with the giants. Um, and then Leo Chanel, which I actually liked coming into the draft. Um, his coverage was a little bit shaky, but he actually had a pretty solid game, uh, pretty and pretty good in coverage. Unfortunately, he's in that mess with Kansas city. So not quite sure what to, to make of his playing time. So he could play into some more snaps, could run some more three linebacker packages, but with the way Steve Spagnuolo runs his defense, I'm not even going to begin to speculate on what's going to happen there. I was going to say, can we like the chiefs linebackers finally? Cause I like them every year and it's just, it's a crap shoot. It drives me crazy. I love the guys they got there. What do we, what do we do with that mess? Mike? <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know what? It's, it's, um, it's that Michael Scott office gift. Well, you know what? Prepare. I'm going to get hurt again. 
Um, I still like Nick Bolton. Um, I think uh-huh. he's going to get the majority. I think he's probably going to end up leading the Chiefs linebackers and snaps because he's going to call the plays. Um, so I and but that really with Kansas City doesn't mean anything. Anthony Hitchens was the main play caller. I think he only played sixty five percent of the snaps last year. But I think they really like Bolton's overall game. He can do so much. He's very versatile. He can get to the passer, stop the run. Um, I think he was actually one of the only players that actually was not that was actually able to take down Derrick Henry on first contact. So when you're able to take down Derrick Henry, uh, I think, you know, you're doing something right. And Willie Gay has just shown out in training camp. Um, the first couple of plays with, with Kansas city, uh, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton were the ones out there for the, for those first couple of plays. Um, he was getting the third down. So I I'm crossing my fingers that Willie Gay and, and Nick Bolton are, are at least, uh, full-time guys that are going to play 75, 80, 85% of the snaps. Um, if it, I, if it doesn't happen, I, I, then that's just on me. And it's not, it's not learning from history and how Steve Spagnuolo runs his defense, but, um, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't quit the, the Kansas city linebackers. <laughs> I, I have, I have a lot of Nick Bolton and a little bit of Willie Gay. So I'm, I'm with you completely. I'm hoping that it, that it works out. Uh, but boy, yeah, it'll be, they'll sign Anthony Hitchens again somehow. And, uh, and he'll come out and play where the dot, but uh, PK Ripper shares your optimism about Darian Beavers. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I'm now writing his name down as well. I've got a couple, a <laughs> couple linebackers <laughs> to go, to go add in my dynasty leagues. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's shift to the Panthers. Cause I, the Panthers, they brought in Corey Littleton, which mm-hmm. is a very interesting addition to me because the Panthers haven't really had a middle linebacker since Luke Keekley retired. Mm-hmm. They've been looking for that guy they can trust. And Corey Littleton was an all-pro caliber player with the Rams and then nothing with the Raiders uh, for mm-hmm. two years. So uh, do you think he wins that job? And do you think that, that he can we can kind of see a little bit more of that Ram-style Littleton, or do you think the ship has sailed? I think with Littleton, honestly, I think is I'm not I'm not really buying into it. They brought in Littleton. They also brought in Damian Wilson from Jacksonville. Um, Littleton just something has tailed off. And sometimes when we see tackles or we see these high tackle numbers, we automatically think he's a good player. And and just sometimes that isn't the case. And and he he was covered by some of his warts were covered by the fact that he played uh, behind Aaron Donald. Um, so you're that that kind of helps exactly. So didn't play very well with Vegas. Um, had a had you know missed tackles were a problem. I don't think he's going to get that change of scenery. Uh, Dame, like I said with Damian Wilson, Carolina's liked what they've seen from uh, from Frankie Luvu. He actually played only one snap uh, week one, made a really nice tackle for a loss, and the Panthers are like, all right, we're you're good, get off. The- you're you're good. Um, as of right now, Shaq Thompson is really the only one that I trust. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the main three down guy uh, calling the plays. But I'm probably not putting much stock into into Corey Littleton or Damian Wilson. I'll I'd probably keep uh, Frankie Louva probably in in the back of your mind as potentially a waiver wire pickup. Or if you're in a deeper IDP league where you're you know 35, 40 rounds, and you know you can draft five, six, seven linebackers, um, you know, maybe hit toward the, uh, toward the tail end is kind of one of those late round lottery tickets. PK Ripper agrees with Frank Oluvo. He uh, yep. says he looks nasty, which uh, I, I like that. I like a nasty linebacker. That always Gotta love nasty that. linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about uh, the Rams since we, we talked Corey Littleton. He used to be a Ram. Uh, they uh, bring in Bobby Wagner, who's been a, a longtime favorite IDP target, just uh, about as steady as you get. 
over there in Seattle. Um, can he be as lucrative with the Rams uh, in the role that he has there? Should we have just as much faith in Wagner as we always have? I am. I mean, if you look at my rankings, I believe I have him as the LB four or five. Um, okay. He was immediately installed as the play caller. Um, and again, he gets the, uh, he gets the benefit of playing behind Aaron Donald. So you've got both Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald um, got a few good, you know, you got Leonard Floyd there as a pass rusher. So when you're able to bring in that veteran presence, that's uh, that's always big. So for me, Bobby Wagner and redraft, you just, you just continue to draft him and, and, you know, enjoy those 130, 140 tackles. I think he's going to be really, if they do, if the Rams continue to run those uh, those one linebacker sets, I know he's not coming off the field. I do like Ernest Jones. Um, I've been, and you know, I've been reading some of those uh, some of the the write ups on on those two. And you know, you got that inta- those intangible write ups saying Ernest Jones is attached at Bobby Wagner's hip, so he's learning a lot and really asking him questions and really trying to learn. So when you you know you got those narratives surrounding and and hoping. All right, are they going to run maybe two more, maybe run more two linebacker sets? Because now that they have two capable linebackers of actually playing, um, but we'll see. I, you know, on those first nine snaps, defensive snaps for the Rams, um, they ran, I believe, five two linebacker sets and four one linebacker sets. So we'll kind of see. Hopefully, if Ernest Jones could potentially get seventy percent of the snaps, I mean that can definitely make him useful in some IDP leagues as maybe an LB four. Um, I've got him, I think at around the 700, 750 snap mark. Um, but again, he could be one of those kind of those late round breakouts that, that I, I, I like Ernest Jones. I like where he came from. I like his makeup. So um, I'm really hoping um, he, he sticks and is able to, uh, to get on the field. Super athletic kid. I'm rooting for yeah. him too. I, I always like to see those training camp things about like veterans taking a, a younger player under mm-hmm. the wing. I always, it's, I don't know. It's always, always makes me happy to see that type of stuff. It means absolutely uh, nothing, but I, I like I to hear it. it. You like to hear it. You're like, okay, good. These guys are actually seeing these are veterans I can learn from. I'm just going to learn and sponge off of him. My favorite one ever, this is in the NBA, but every year they say like a point guard that doesn't play defense. So it's like, well, he called Gary Payton. <laughs> and Gary Payton was telling him about how to become a better defender. I always love that. Or, uh, or they, I think it was one of the big centers. I think it's Dikembe Mutombo. They're, they're yep. like with the defensive centers would be like, oh, he was working out with Dikembe Mutombo, so the defense is going to be better this year. Or yeah, someone <laughs> so, can't shoot free throws, so here comes Mark Price. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let's let's stick NFC West. Uh, the Cardinals linebackers are super interesting to me. Uh, Jordan Hicks is no longer there to muddy up the situation. We've got. Uh, two very highly drafted, uh, very talented linebackers there. Uh, what do you make of that situation? Which one should we be targeting, or both, or neither? Uh, well, with with Arizona, they've they've drafted two off ball linebackers in the first round, and don't know how to use them or what to do with them. Um, Zayvon Collins was a first round pick last year. General manager says, "Yep, he's our middle linebacker. He's our play caller." Then here comes Jordan Hicks, totally puts the whole kibosh on that. Uh, and then the year before when Isaiah, dra- Isaiah Simmons was drafted in the first round, hardly played, so it took him to his second year to get to, to get the, uh, the significant playing time or that full-time playing time. Right now, um, I've been reading that Isaiah Simmons is going to be playing more of this star role, um, so he's going to be playing all over, which I don't necessarily think is a good thing for a linebacker. It's going to limit his tackle floor and I think his efficiency. 
if you're playing him at multiple positions, you almost have don't have any positions is how I look at it. I want my linebacker playing linebacker. If he's going to play slot on a few snaps, that's fine. But I want my linebackers playing linebacker. Um, and and just tonight there was a um, and I know it's an unofficial depth chart, but uh, he was listed as the third inside linebacker behind. If I can just pull it up, Oof. Ezekiel Turner and Oof. Ben Neiman. So. Take that with a grain of salt because Jalen Thompson, who was one of the top producing safeties last year, is also the thir- listed as a third safety. So, ah, uh, okay. But take it with a grain of salt. But again, I don't like that he's being played all over. Um, I know that's kind of what he did in college. That's what made it successful. But I think in the N- NFL, I want my linebackers playing linebacker. But if they're playing all over, that's just going to lower his his potential tackle efficiency. Um, so right now, I'd probably target Zayvon Collins. Um, he's been getting tucked up a little bit. So for me, it's Zayvon Collins at this point over over Isaiah Simmons. Excellent, excellent. That makes sense to me. I'm hoping he has that second year leap. Uh, this isn't on the on the show sheet, but uh, because I I didn't really see this until until Twitter, and we're talking about second year linebackers. Uh, Jamin Davis didn't hear anything mm-hmm. positive about him until suddenly the last couple days. Yeah, uh, beat writers seem to seem to think he's kind of turned a page and doing well. Uh, we know he's probably not going to wear the dot in that right. defense. It doesn't seem That's like right. he's got that role. Um, should we be uh, encouraged by him second year, or should we still be super concerned after? a rough, rough first season. Yeah. You know what? And I'm guilty of it too. A lot of us, you know, it, if, if someone doesn't perform in their rookie year, um, it goes back to that toy story meme where uh, Andy is throwing away Woody. You're like, bye Woody. I don't, you know, bye. Yeah. It's like, These guys are only rookies. <laughs> so, you know, give him a little bit of chance to develop. I know he's, uh, you know, I know he's a first round pick, um, but not a whole lot of, talent has come out of Kentucky if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken so um had a you know had a good showing in Kentucky but uh but yeah first round pick just I think he only ended up playing 40 or 50 percent of the snaps uh and you're right he's not going to call the plays that's Cole Holcomb's job right now but I think this coaching staff is going to give him a chance to develop and if he continues to stack the days like he had today and if he continues to stack those days together and play well um yeah he could turn into a full-time linebacker potentially in the second year so if i have him in dynasty i'm not holding um i may even buy because you know what it's not going to cost you much what's it going to cost you fifth round sixth round pick potentially at this point um might be on your waiver wire so you know if you have someone that's just you don't need anymore definitely worth uh potentially worth a pickup Excellent. Excellent. I, that gives me hope. I've got a little bit. I've got, I've dabbled in, in shares of Jam and Davis. So I've yeah. got a little bit of, uh, I got two more linebacker situations. I want to yeah. talk about Then We'll get to another position, uh, position group. Uh, new everybody news, loves obviously. linebackers. So I'm sure it's, nobody cares. I mean, when I look at my clicks and everything, <laughs> the linebackers outrank all of my other positions, like five to one. So I'm sure everybody likes the linebackers. It's the cream of the crop. It's it the cream really of is. the crop. And, uh, and the next segment that we're going to talk about, uh, we'll make, I, I will kind of help some of the uh the value gap i think but we'll get to that yeah. uh I, I do want two more uh situations uh denver who's been looking for a middle linebacker for uh, as long as i can remember it seems like um they bring in joe Schobert, who uh you know we could talk about how good joe Schobert is but he's been someone everywhere he's been he's racked up tackles are you bullish on his prospects in denver you know what? It's one of those things. I, as soon as I saw him sign in Denver, I was going to just instantly react. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. You know, I don't know. He's well, one, he's going to play. It seems like he's going to play right away. 
Uh, Jonas Griffith and Josie Jewell were the two inside linebackers, but uh, Jonas Griffith, uh, I believe he dislocated an elbow, has a bad, bad elbow injury. So he's probably going to be, they are saying he's going to be out four to six weeks. So today, Chobert sounded like he's slotting right next to Josie Jewell as, as the guy that's going to play the, you know, the full-time role. So um, there's a couple of other guys, you know, you got also Alex Singleton, who's also going to be in there. Um, uh, you also have Justin Sternett, who's a guy. Um, so the four to six week timetable for Jonas Griffith probably puts him on track to return around week two, week three. Um so for me, for weeks one and two, Joe Schobert will probably have some value after that. Um, if I can, I'm selling, but I don't think he's going to automatically overtake Jonas Griffith because they really liked Griffith's development um, this year and in camp. Um, I think Josie Jewell is going to still continue to call the plays and wear the dot. They liked him. He's actually a, a graded very pretty graded pretty highly at last year uh, until he got hurt. So, um, and he's athletic. A, so, yeah. So he's a, he's an athletic guy, graded high um, can produce. So for right now um, in deeper leagues, pick him up if you need to. Um, but past week two or past week three, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a rotation um, and I'm not factoring in, or I'm not guaranteed. I'm not putting the guarantee or the, fact that he's going to be a three down linebacker or play 80%, 85% of the snaps. So I think it's still going to be Jonas Griffith and Josie Jewell once he gets back. Now, how many snaps is Joseph Jonas Griffith going to play? I don't know. Um, I guess that depends on how you know quickly he is to recover. But for me, I'm I'm not penciling Joe Schobert for any type of full-time role, potentially past week two or three. How dare you be measured on a fantasy football podcast, Mike? How dare you? <laughs> I I know, right? I, I'm not coming out with the hot takes. I just come out. Yeah, Joe Schobert's going to wear the dot. He's going to be. He's going to wear 100 of the snaps. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, PK Ripper wants to talk about the Jets. That wasn't the team that I wanted to go to. So let's slide the Jets in here. Shame on me for not including them already. Uh, CJ and Quan for the Jets. Thoughts on that tandem? Um, it's a good veteran tandem. Um, I didn't really think. When Quan went, you know, I, I, I honestly, I didn't think he would factor him, but apparently he signed with the intention of, hey, I want to earn some snaps. And you know what? Quincy Williams had the benefit of injuries last year, so they really had to play him. Um, and looking at his grades, he didn't grade out very well. So I think C.J. Mosley and Quan Alexander can be a pretty good tandem. Um, he's had a pretty good camp already. He's shown out. He's played uh played the majority with the first team this past uh this past week but that was without cj mosley um it i'm probably gonna end up fading quincy williams i i don't have much quincy williams um i will probably continue not to draft him and i'll just take the late round lottery ticket with quan alexander and i think he can outplay quincy williams to be honest so um that's kind of the way i'm i'm seeing things he seems like uh i, I think if I'm not mistaken, I, when he was in San Francisco, Robert Salah was there with him. So there's some familiarity, if I'm not mistaken. So correct. Quan yep. Alexander can play. Um, he, he's a he's pretty good in coverage, pretty good against the run. So I think he's going to have that every opportunity to every opportunity to play. Um, if I'm a Quincy Williams owner, I might be a little scared. I'm going to hold and uh, and just kind of see what happens. But uh, just from my view. Um, Quan got signed to play and to to compete, so that's what's going to happen. 
Nice. Uh, another team where the linebackers think benefit from some strong supporting cast members around them that uh, that got better in the offseason, which uh, which is fun to see. Let's go one more team. Uh, let's go to your beloved Cleveland Browns, uh, Mike. That That's another team kind of been a mess from a fantasy linebacker perspective for several years now uh, since Schobert left, really. And uh, just curious if we're going to get a guy this year that we can bank on from an IDP fantasy perspective. For right now, it's probably going to be uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. So I think he's going to actually – I think he could end up leading the Browns in snaps at the linebacker position. I do like Jacob Phillips. Um, they're giving him a chance to really earn that middle linebacker role. Um, he's been hurt uh, for the most part since his rookie year. Um, but he's getting the every opportunity to, to play into that role with Anthony Walker out. I know Walker was sidelined the first, you know, with the first couple of weeks. Uh, but Jacob Phillips and wearing the dot, calling the plays. I think he had a pretty rough game uh, against Jacksonville. Had a, had kind of a little bit of a issue with stopping the run, getting some gaps. But um, but he's getting those opportunities. So as of right now, I think Owusu Karamo is going to lead the team in snaps. I think Jacob Phillips, if if he performs and stays healthy, could be around that 800 850 snap uh, mark. I think he would rotate with Anthony Walker um, for uh, for those middle linebacker duties. So if if, if Phillips is going to come off. It'll be Walker. Um, but right now, I, I do have those two. And like I said, I think Jeremiah Wusukormo uh, is probably going to be your your top target in Cleveland. I love JOK. He's the one you're paying for, though, right? Don't th- Does he cost a pretty penny, or is he sliding? Um, I, th- I don't know if he costs a pretty penny. I think he's being drafted among the top 20, um, So, which I think is, is fair. Um, but I don't think you're paying a, an absorbably high cost for him at this point. Okay, uh, let's let's shift. Uh, you know, f- for a long time now, fantasy football. Uh, it, you know, IDP. The the gap. I think the problem with it has been guys like Khalil Mack who get a linebacker mm-hmm. designation. They yep. don't rack up tackles, and then they they lose value in these leagues. So uh, I think last year was the first time I saw true position come into uh, into play. Can you describe a little bit about what true position is, how to use it, if it's good, do you like it, all that stuff. Uh, for me, I, I kind of like the true position. What it's doing is it is putting players where kind of they're supposed to be. So you've got your defensive tackles or your interior defensive linemen. But what it does is it takes those three, four edge rushers and puts them as defensive ends, defensive linemen, because there really is no significant difference between a defensive end in a 4-3 and an outside linebacker in the 3-4. Okay, so a four-three defensive end has more of a of a finger of a hand in the dirt stance, while a three-four edge rusher is just standing up, but he's standing on the edge alongside the defensive end. So there's really no distinct difference, really between those two differences, and it makes those linebackers true off-ball linebackers. So you've got your normal linebackers, you know, you're like your Luke Keekleys in the past, but your Roquan Smiths, your Darius Leonard's. But what it does. It takes your guys like TJ Watt, Shaq Barrett, takes them out of the linebacker pool, puts them into that defensive end, defensive line pool. And so it, it's kind of creating a, a little bit more of a shallow linebacker pool, but those are your true off-ball linebackers. But it widens the it, – it deepens that defensive line edge pool. Um, and it makes those players more value. TJ Watt is a fantastic football player. There's absolutely no doubt – um, but he's devalued if if he's a linebacker because he's going to get sacks. He's going to get some of those big plays, but his tackle rate is low. He's not, a, you know, he gets that doesn't get those tackle um, 
doesn't have that tackle efficiency, doesn't rack up the tackles, makes guys like Khalil Mack more valuable. So those edge rushers more valuable. Um, so that's kind of why I like it, because those guys should have value. They're good football players. Um, and then it also takes out the DBs and it makes your cornerbacks, and then you have your separate safeties. So that's the way I look at true position. Um, a lot of leagues, though, like Sleeper, they're they're designating players with two two positions. So you got your DLLB, like which is fine, which is great. Um, in my fantasy league, I know TJ Watt is a linebacker, but you do have your custom settings to where you can make all of these guys defensive ends. I know um, Gary Davenport at IDP Sharks, he's been a big advocate for the true position on, on draft uh, my fantasy league, but he says it takes can take anywhere between half an hour to an hour to designate all those players as defensive ends. So um, I think it's well worth it. And I know um, one of our guys over at, uh, at DLF, um, Oh God, his, uh, he's, he goes by sticky on Twitter at Adam Zickus, Adam DZ. He has a true position tool. Um, if you find it, you know, if you, if you search true position tool on Twitter, you'll be able to find it, but he's got a true awesome. position tool that helps, uh, kind of clear up everything. So, um, uh, and Adam, I know if you're listening, I know you're, uh, yeah, it's Adam TZ at Adam TZ sticky Z dynasty FF, but at, at Adam TZ on Twitter, he has that, he has a true position tool that, that kind of helps, uh, uh, with the differentiation. Excellent. I I'm in on it. Uh, for those dynasty leaguers, I do recommend waiting a year to implement it just because decisions are usually made, uh, on the draft and whatnot. So, uh, but it's a, it's a great thing. It's where I think I'm going to move all of our uh, leagues toward. I think I'm going to kind of head it toward true position for that reason. TJ Watt should be valuable, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, let's yep. talk uh, a couple of the other positions. Uh, you know, not not too terribly long, but for a little yep. bit just to hit on them. Uh, defensive backs. Uh, when you're doing an IDP draft, when do you start targeting defensive backs? Uh, considering that you know, there's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them, and it's a very, it's a very, a lot of variance within the defensive back position. Um, I don't. It's been. I think it still continues to be whoever finishes in the top ten. It doesn't happen the following year. Always defensive backs yeah. always emerge on the on the waiver wire on a weekly basis. So for me, kind of the redheaded stepchild of IDP. I they're usually the last position that I target. Um, with uh you know with, with of all the positions you're gonna see guys like derwin james go in the seventh and eighth round um as probably the first db off the board which is fine he's a great player but i'm just not gonna spend uh, a seventh and eighth round pick on a on a defensive back um when i can get a lot of players of 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 similar that can produce similar um uh, similar numbers uh, later on so that's kind of how i attack it i usually wait mid late rounds before um before i'm looking at my uh my first one excellent excellent yeah it's uh it's it's hard to put a lot of draft capital into it especially when uh you know defensive ends are at such a premium which mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll get to that it's it's hard but um i i've been watching you tweet a lot and i i just i want to give you an opportunity to tell me about nick cross because uh i feel like every couple hours nick cross comes along my timeline on twitter <laughs> i'm a little new to him usually you're involved in some way mike so i'd like to hear a little bit about nick cross yeah nick cross rookie safety um if i'm not mistaken came out of uh maryland but i could be wrong I'm trying to shoot off the hip but rookie Sounds safety like landed name. in indy um i didn't i didn't pay much attention to him because they had curry willis 
um, at the time who was uh, slated to be the starting strong safety. Well, he retired, um, went, uh, you know, he answered a higher calling, which fantastic for him. Hey, whatever, whatever you need to pursue, that's fantastic. So um, Nick Cross all of a sudden became a, a viable option. Uh, Gus Bradley really likes to utilize a, a, a big hitting box safety. Nick Cross kind of checked those boxes uh, in college. And, and I think he's slated to kind of play that role. So, um, you know, he had three tackles in his, in his first game, uh, appears to be playing near the line of scrimmage, probably well, well more than 60 to 70% of his total snaps were coming up in the line of scrimmage, whether in the box or uh, as a slot corner on the slot. So uh, if he's going to get those line of scrimmage, those box snaps, that's what we want from our safety. He's going to be in position to make plays. And uh, I really like Gus Bradley's scheme for those types of safeties. I, I definitely had some Kari Willis and it was, it was, a Oh, I did too. Spot. I had him ranked as my DB four. Yeah. I was He was my sleeper pick for a DB one because of the <laughs> system and he retires. Yeah. Lucrative, lucrative option for his last I'm, I'm excited. You got me all excited about Nick Ross. I'm watching him in preseason and things of that sort. Uh, any other, any other rookie DBs? There were a bunch of really talented safeties came into the draft this year. Any other rookie DBs that you're specifically interested in that you like? Yeah, one uh, with Jaquan Brisker from Chicago made a huge impact in KC. I think he had a, I think he had a sequence of plays where he just like stopped everything um, and caused, I think, a three and out just on his own. Um, I think he had four Always tackles, three see. solos. Yeah, tw- four tackles, three solos. Uh, played twenty five snaps. Um, uh, Seventy six of those snaps on the line of scrimmage, box in the slot. So. I liked him, and and one other one that I didn't write down, but Jalen Petrie, Jalen Petrie from uh, from Houston also had a really solid game. Also looks to be kind of playing that uh, that um, that IDP friendly box role. And Houston's linebackers, who knows who's going to be playing? It's just kind of you know a bunch of guys. So if Petrie is going to be playing near the box, up near the line of scrimmage, I think he's going to have a chance to make some plays. Excellent. Excellent. I didn't put this on the show sheet, but I should have. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, you know, that's the guy I think most mm-hmm. people will ask about rookie-wise, uh, the the Baltimore highly drafted Notre Dame guy. What do you think of him? Um, they drafted him in the, four, in the as the 14th pick, so I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play a little bit all over. I don't think he's going to be playing strictly in the box, so I think you're going to see him playing deep. Um, he's got range, so there. You know, if you saw him at Notre Dame, he has really good range. He has really good closing speed. Um, I think he fell because of his forty, but if you watched him in any way on film, it's that I don't know how that didn't translate. Um, had a really good play uh, against um, against the Titans, showing off that range. Just he uh, he just needs to clean up some misses. I think he had only one tackle, but like three misses. So. Um, he just needs to kind of get back to the fundamentals, but I think he's just going to be one of those guys that's going to kind of play all over. Um, if Baltimore does deploy three safeties, they're going to have Marcus Williams. I think Chuck Clark is going to kind of play up on the line or, or near the line. I think he's going to continue to call the plays, but Kyle Hamilton could kind of be playing a little bit of, uh, of everywhere. That's one thing that's important to remember with IDP too. Those safeties, those rangy coverage guys don't always mm-hmm. score big. You know, the Earl, uh, Earl Thomas was never like a big, right. big time IDP scoring uh, defensive back. Always kind of good to note. Uh, and then uh, quickly, Trevon Diggs gets a lot of uh, notice because of the interceptions that he puts out. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously we do want to target him in cornerback specific leagues. That, that's, that's obvious, but uh, most leagues are just defensive backs and don't mm-hmm. call out safeties and corners separately. Uh, should we be targeting someone like Trevon Diggs in DB leagues or, uh, you know, uh, is it a concern? No, I'm not. Um, in DB okay. general, I'm, I'm avoiding, um, 
I don't, you know, you're, if you, if you do your, your, your banking on another 11, 12 interception season, and it's just, I, I, I don't see it happening. Um, and even in cornerback leagues, I'm not really, if I miss out on them in a cornerback league, I'm, I, I'm not crying about it. So, it's another one like waivers week three, you're going to be able to grab a great corner. <laughs> exactly. So with Diggs, yeah, I mean, you know, we've all seen Twitter bust on him. I mean, he's, he's, he gets beat, but he makes, you know, he, he's he a gambler. Gets beat. He's a gambler. Um, so not someone I'm really actively targeting uh, for, for a repeat. I call it the Terrell Buckley All Stars. I don't know if I'm, if, I don't know if I, I'm too old, and that's the only reason why. But you know, the big plays and the big whiffs. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, in those quarterback only leagues, I, I would ask you. So I always try to look for slot corners. That's kind of what I do because mm-hmm. I feel like they uh, they do a little more uh, run support and they get targeted a little bit more. Is that a good strategy for cornerback only leagues? I, you know what, with cornerback only, um, I'm, I'm just identifying the guys that are getting targeted. So I know okay. there's a on, on pro football reference. I know they have now they're starting to track target data. So that's really just what I'm targeting. I'm targeting the guys who are playing three downs or playing the full-time role. It all comes back to snaps and then who's getting those targets. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, it's pretty simple for me. If they're, if they've got a good matchup, if they're getting snaps, they're getting targeted. That's what I'm looking at. Excellent. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Let's, uh, let's shift to the defensive line. This is where I see the most premium picks go. I see a lot of people uh, spend pretty high draft capital on mm-hmm. defensive ends and, and big sack eaters and even like Aaron Donald to go real early. Uh, how high of a priority should they be when you're going into your IDP draft? I think it really depends on your scoring. I'm going to, I'm going to fall back to your scoring system. Uh, sure. For me, even with a, with maybe even a sack heavy, with even a sack heavy scoring i'll probably look at the seventh or eighth round and if miles garrett goes in the fourth or the fifth i'm not gonna cry missing him because that just means i can get another solid running back or another solid wide receiver and and i'm good with that um i'm confident my ability to identify those guys that uh that can get sacks or that have the opportunity so if i miss out on a miles garrett or a nick bosa then that's fine. And you know what? I'm going to target someone like Demarcus Lawrence or even Carl Lawson, who's coming off of injury. Um, if you look at his last healthy season in Cincinnati, he was a pressure monster. Um, he had 20, if I'm not mistaken, he had 26 quarterback hits. So if we convert some of those quarterback hits into sacks, you're looking at a potential double digit sack guy that you're essentially getting for free because he was injured last season. And if you're in a league where, you know, your league mates are looking for points and, they're not going to find Carl Lawson because he didn't play. So I'm targeting some of those guys. And if I can, you know, Miles Garrett falls to me in the seventh round, maybe I'll, I'll probably look at him. But again, I still want a linebacker. I still want to load up on linebackers because those three down full-time linebackers are starting to become a premium just because some of there's some more rotations or defenses are going to more one, one linebacker sets or those two linebacker sets where the second linebacker is only playing maybe 50 or 60% of the time. So really after the top 30 or linebackers is really where it starts to get ugly. I think there's some really good value um, in kind of that second or third tier. I kind of, I, I break down my, uh, my defensive line rankings on four for four into tiers that second or third tier, I think has uh, really the potential to produce some, some really valuable weekly starters. So who are, give us a few of those names, those two, those uh, breakout players that you can get a little bit later that you're uh, pretty bullish on. Love Greg Rousseau out of Buffalo. 
um, you get to another one of those young guys gets to learn from a veteran, gets to learn from Von Miller. Um, he gets to attend Von Miller's Pass Rush Academy on a daily basis. And if, if you want to know how the the Pass Rush Academy can be, Max Crosby attended that same uh, that same Pass Rush Academy last season, and he virtually broke out. I believe he led the the whole NFL with total pressures with 106 total pressures, monster pressure rate. Almost, I think if he didn't, he was really close to double-digit sacks. So Gregor Russo, definitely one of the guys that I'm looking for a breakout season. Could still rotate, but I see him and, and Von Miller getting the majority of the snaps on the defensive end. I like Quiddy Pay in Indianapolis. Um, I was a little bit leery on Michigan guys, but I think he had a really good season. Um, he'll be, be playing alongside a couple of really good pass rushers in, in, in Yannick and Gakawe. Got DeForest Buckner on the defensive line. So I definitely like those two as, um, as potential breakouts. I mentioned Carl Lawson. I even like Montez Sweat in Washington. Um, I think he's a very underrated guy and another Sweat, Josh Sweat in Philadelphia, who I think is, has, is a really good value, really good, has a really good pressure rate, really good moves, and that's going to be a really good uh, defensive line in Philadelphia. You got Fletcher Cox, you got Javon Hargrave, you got Hassan Reddick. Jordan Davis is already getting triple teamed uh, as a rookie. So um, that defense, that was. That, <laughs> That was a, that was a fun game to watch. So that's a very that's a very very formal defensive line. Guys, a monster man. I saw Jordan Davis and I went, "Ooh, all my Kaiser White shares." <laughs> and you know, we go back to Jen Akins. I mean, I don't know how she, who she's going to follow. I mean, yeah, if I'm her, I'm right. following Philadelphia. You got Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis, but you got all these Georgia guys. That was Absolutely. just insane defense. Just the the amount of talent on both the sides of that ball. My God. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Shout out Jen Akins. We love Jen Akins. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Mike, I, I can sit here and uh, yammer on with you for a, a, another hour or so. I got nowhere a, to be. If, hey, pick my brain uh, if there's any questions. Let, let I got do, nowhere to be. Let me do one more. One more. One more real quick. Um, I We talked rookies at the other positions. I didn't talk rookies about defensive ends. Uh, obviously, we have some big premium uh, defensive ends in the draft. Um, your thoughts on these top rated defensive ends and where you're targeting them, if at all in IDP leagues. Um, yeah, of course I'm targeting them. It just depends on the price I want to pay for them. Um, Aiden Hutchinson made a, made a pretty good um, impression in that first game. Um, I think the second play of the game, he, uh, he had this really good swipe, uh, got a tackle for loss. Um, Kevin Thibodeau was, was held in check a little bit, but the guy that I'm, that I'm watching uh, right now is George Karloftis in, in, in uh, Kansas city. Ah. Um, he is, he's, he's making an impression. He had a really solid game preseason. Um, he's getting talked up in camp. Frank Clark is really kind of taking him under his wing. Chris Jones has said this, this kid is the real deal. And if you looked at his past rush metrics and at Purdue, they were, they were off the charts. I mean, really solid pressure rate, pass rush win rate beating blockers consistently. So those pass rush metrics and the tape is just converting very, very nicely to the NFL. So uh, George Karloff, this is a guy that I would be targeting if you miss out on Aiden Hutchinson and, uh, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Trevon Walker, he's going to be position dependent. Um, he took advantage of, of, uh, of a Cleveland offensive line um, in, in that, uh, in that first game drew a penalty or he caused, he got a penalty. I think, uh, um, that first game against uh, the Raiders, but um, yeah, he's probably my fourth, uh, fourth or fifth guy I'd be targeting as a rookie. Uh, but those three, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and uh, and George Kalaftis are probably the three I'd be targeting. Hutch also would be my pick as karaoke partner uh, after seeing as uh, his rendition <laughs> of Billy Jean's. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic! That was really good. 
Now he, when you can get a whole team going, he had everybody. He had everybody going. It's so much fun. I, 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 I'm very excited to watch that Detroit front seven. I think it's going to be fun to to watch, especially with uh, Malcolm Rodriguez in there too. Who's uh, oh, that's a guy he... I think I'm totally going to fall in love with already. Oh. I, I kind of liked him, but I have a feeling I'm going to be going all in on him uh, by the end of uh, by the end of Hard Knocks. I love those guys who just play with their hair on fire. Like I just, I just always enjoy that. That's always fun to see. Seems like a Dan Campbell guy. Seems like a Dan yeah, Campbell right? guy. Right. <laughs> All right. I'll uh, I'll let you go. Thanks to uh, everybody who joined us in the chat and everybody who watched live. Uh, definitely go follow Mike on Twitter at Mike underscore Wallert. Uh, check out all his fantastic work at four for four. He's got IDP rankings up there. He's got that primer I was talking about. He's got breakout candidates. He's got the, the three down linebackers who's wearing the dot. It's a ton of phenomenal, phenomenal content. Thank you so much for joining me, Mike. Uh, anything else you want to say before we go? No, you pretty much covered it for me, Brandon. I, I appreciate you reaching out and, you know, I'm always happy to, to hop on these streams. Um, I love talking IDP. I want to, I really want to help people, uh, bring it into the more of the mainstream. I'm here to help. I'm not going to talk in technical terms. I'm not going to say, Hey, yeah, you want these single high two safety shells and a zone one, two spot. <laughs> I'm going to break it down. I'm going to say, here are the guys that are getting the snaps. Here's the guy who you want to play, who are going to get your fantasy points. I break it down very simple terms, guys that are going to get you fantasy points. So follow me on Twitter at Mike, Mike underscore Wallert. Um, always available and uh i always love talking idp so brandon thanks for for uh making making this happen awesome thanks again always a pleasure listeners don't forget to subscribe to this podcast you can follow me on twitter at two guys brandon thanks for checking us out have a good day